Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will want one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You running so This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Today, I'm going to be continuing the series, Mo. I should be finishing it up um, <laughs> true detective work, people. The true story, you know, not embellished. I've read you all the transcripts. I've told you everything that's happened. I'm about to release all the photographs and transcripts and everything. The Patreon convicts, 
and I know it's been a long series, but this is an actual homicide, first degree murder investigation. Okay, with a lot of different characters, and uh, I will always think it's an interesting story. No, it's not Jean Benet Ramsey that got killed or somebody famous like that, but this is the meat of police work, if you will, the story in itself and how a case develops and unfolds. But real quick, before we get started, I'm going to say thank you again to all patrons and convicts. Hope you're enjoying your bonus episodes and all your early re- commercial free releases, etc. And I appreciate each and every one of y'all. The show couldn't run without you. But I want to say real quick, the Real Life Real Crime, y'all have done it again. We've been nominated, or I've been nominated for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. And y'all, the People's Choice Podcast Awards are the oldest podcast awards there are. The 17 years old is the most prestigious thing in our business. And y'all know the two years before that I was nominated, the first year I was nominated in three categories, and I won it for drama and storytelling. And the next year, I was nominated in four categories, and I won it for best male host of a podcast in the entire world, not just true crime. So, But thank you, thank you, thank you. We've been nominated again. The absolute blessing. But you know what? This is the point where the people have to speak and make their voices heard. Uh, and you have to vote for us, right? The, the voting is open for 30 days, and then they're going to – go um, back and ask a certain amount of percentage of the vote, people that voted to be judges. And then they have a judge panel and they mix the two together. And and that's in the awards are announced sometime in September, but it's www.podcastawards.com. So it's www.podcastawards.com. And, y'all, you have to sign up. They changed it this year uh, where they're verifying emails, and I stopped the um, BS votes, and I get that. Uh, um, There were over four, I think, four and a half million votes cast last year in in these awards process. So just take a second of your time. If you'll go to that, www.podcastawards.com, you have to enter an email address, and, and make up a password, right? And then they will send you an email. You go to your email and you confirm your email and then you can go into the selection process. You do not have to vote for all the different categories, all right? But let me tell you what. I'm going to read my categories and then I'll tell you Jim Chapman and local leaders uh, uh, right after that. But so, y'all, we, I've been nominated. So you sign up, you go to vote, and the first one's going to be the Adam Curry's People's Choice Award. That's the biggest one. I've been nominated now for it twice. I've never won it yet. Um, but we're up against the biggest shows in the world, right? Not just true crime. It's all podcasts. But under the Adam Curry's People's Choice Award, you scroll down. So you see real, real Life, Real Crime. Click it. Boom. Then this year I'm up for Best Male Host again. Click on Best Male Host of a Podcast. Scroll down to Real Life, Real Crime. Boom. And this year, I'm up for Storyteller and Drama again, which is the first award that I won. It's a scroll down to it, click on Storyteller Drama, scroll down to Real Life Real Crime, click it, 
Boom. And then finally, I'm again, I'm up for true crime podcasts, the best in the world. And let me tell you, the, the people that I'm up against y'all in these categories, these are the biggest shows in the world. And, and y'all have done it for me before. And I'm going to ask you to do it again on this boat. And, it's, and we have less than 30 days left. But true crime, scroll down to real life, real crime and hit it. Boom. Um, right at the beginning of it, though, they ask you to name the, the most influential podcaster the person who influenced you the most over the past year. And I'm up for that too. So if you can uh, uh, type in Woody Overton, real life, real crime, I'd appreciate that. But, but when, when you're doing it, Jim Chapman has the podcast, a business podcast called local leaders. All right. And y'all know he's my producer, a dear friend of mine. And he was nominated last year for, and made the finalists for, uh, Best business podcast. When you're scrolling down through there and you see the business category, take a second and click on it and scroll down to local leaders, the podcast. And let's let's bring it home again. And I'll get off that horse. Uh, I'm going to do a a, a special drop about that. And Jim and I will do one later in these 30 days. So that being said, back to Mo. Um. Y'all, when I get done with this story, we're going to go back to, you know, like a, a good old probably Woodyism uh, cop story next week, hopefully. And so bear with me. But back to Mo. When I left you last, I, we had Mo under arrest finally. And he stated that the four guys had come over including Jarrell Marshall and once a bar black clothes and asked about a gun and, and all this stuff. I mean, he lied, right? The, uh, he knew what time it was, but he was no stranger to the game. But one thing he confirmed, which everybody else had already confirmed is except for Jarrell Marshall is that he did know Jarrell Marshall and they'd been hanging together in uh, approximately for five months. So he also said that Christopher Belazar or Red, the red one, had shot at him before. Um, oh, real quick, because I'm catching some flack for it. I am not a racist, people. If I say the N-word or I say red or whatever, it's because I'm reading it from the courtroom transcripts. You will never hear me say those words uh, to describe somebody in real life. But this is factual. It's storytelling. Um of course, the N word is, is hugely offensive. I get it, but I'm I'm saying what they said. I'm reading it to you verbatim. So, with that being said, let's roll on with it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this up today. The we bring Mo back, right? Get him locked up. Now, Jarrell Marshall has been locked up in the Livingston Parish Jail. He literally shits his pants when he finds out that Mo's been arrested. Okay. Now they have to keep him separate, but Jarrell knew that Mo was now locked up and on the same charges he was for, for the first degree murder and armed robbery of Sean Alberts and the attempted first degree murder and armed robbery of Christopher Belazar. Well, what happens, right? You remember Jarrell told us he was nowhere around. He Never met Mo in his entire life. He had never been on Dylan Lane to Rodney Dylan's house. He didn't know anything. Okay, and it's full shit. 
and then the rest of the crew, after they were threatened, not the crew who took part in the crime, the, but the rest of the guys that Jarrell said were going to stand up for him, actually came in of their own free will and gave statements that contradicted everything that Jarrell said. Jarrell didn't know that we knew this, right? But Jarrell wants to talk, right? So we get together, Brian, Paul, and I, and go down to re-interview him. And this is the last transcript I'm going to read to y'all, but you got to listen to it. It's funny. The transcript reads, C-119, 05JM, Statement of Jarrell Marshall. And it's the same thing, y'all, about Weisman's rights and all that. Okay, on the statements, remember, I'm going to say Brian, which is Brian Smith, Detective Brian Smith, and then I'll, I'll say what he read. Then I'll, whatever, if I say something, I'll say Woody and then what I read, and then Jarrell and what he said. All right, there will be some inaudibles because the secretary couldn't transcri- uh, t- transcribe everything. So let's get started. Basically, we went through the same thing that – uh, Detective Brian Smith, Detective Woody Overton, Levinson Parish Jail, interviewing Jarrell Marshall, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, Jarrell uh, Marshall, blackmail, date of birth, 4-12 of 85. And Brian says, we advise you your rights from the standard rights form. Did you understand your rights? Jarrell says, yes, sir. Brian, is this your signature here? Jarrell, yes, sir. Brian, we also read you this consent to question in which you un- you said you understood your rights. Jarrell, yes, sir. Brian, and is this your signature right here? Jarrell, yes, sir. Brian, um, okay, uh, you're under arrest for several, several charges. We want to talk to you again about the homicide which took place on Ed Brown Road, okay? Um, tell me in your own words, exactly your part and what you know about what took place Thursday, um, this past Thursday, about mm, about the homicide that took place around 3.30 in the morning. Tell me what you know about it. Jarrell, what I know about it, inaudible, um, from Livingston, me, Josh, me, Josh, and Travis, inaudible, from Livingston, went to Albany, straight to Albany, Picked up my little brother, Cordero Marshall, and we went to Old Baton Rouge Highway by Rodney's house. Brian. Rodney? Drell. Rodney Dillon. Mo was over there. We picked uh, Mo up. Got in the, uh, we was in the green car, and then we got in a blazer. That's what it was. Brian. And what color was the blazer? Drell. The silver blazer? Brian. And whose car is that? Drell. Inaudible. Brian, whose blazer is it? Drell. Josh. Brian. Josh who? Drell. Josh. Inaudible. Brian. Okay. Drell. We rolled out, got in the back with them, rolled all around Ponchatoula till we went back to Albany. We dropped... Travis off at them apartments on Durban by his girlfriend. Then we went back through all the way through Albany, down Durban, to go back to Ed Brown, back to Ed Brown. We passed up Ed Brown, and Mo said, I'm fixing to rob uh, Chris, an audible. Take me, 
already taking me home. I'm already going home. Brian, y'all passing by and see Chris standing outside? Jarrell, yeah. Brian, who was standing out with him? Jarrell, Sean. Brian, okay, then what happened? Jarrell, they took me home. I got out. Brian, where'd they take you home to? Jarrell, Glenn Marshall's house. Brian, all right. Jarrell, I got out, and they went back through there. Then uh, the next morning, they came back and picked me up. Brian, who picked you up? Jarrell, Josh, Cordero, and Travis. I got in the car, and they said, uh, you heard what happened last night? And I said, uh, no. They told me what happened, and they say, uh, the boy jumped back in the car after he killed the dude. He jumped back in the car and said his gun jam, and he say, Brian, what boys you talking about jumped in the car? Jarrell, Mo. His name is Mo. His gun jam. And he said, if any one of y'all rattle me, I'm going to kill y'all. Brian, tell me exactly how they told you it went down. As far as you know, who got out the vehicle and did what or where was the vehicle? Do you know that? Jarrell, they didn't say anything to me at all. Brian, okay, you had told us previous before the state statement that you said that they had dropped off Mo and... Jarrell, yeah, and dropped off Mo. Brian, and what did Mo do? Jarrell, Mo walked up the hill. Him, shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? <laughs> I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well. Have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason 
to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally, designed for long-term retention, speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. Killed the dude. They did. Brian, all right. Do you know if he robbed them also? Darrell, I don't know if he robbed them also. Woody, you said that they parked the vehicle down the road and waited for him. Darrell, yeah. And they said they picked him back up at the four way uh, stop sign. Woody. And exactly what did they say he said when he got back in the car? Jarrell, fuck the gun jam. And tell everybody, if you tell on me, I'll kill every one of y'all. Brian, did he say who shot? Jarrell, nuh-uh. Brian, did Moe say who he shot? Jarrell, he didn't say none of that. Brian, can you describe the gun? You seen the gun earlier that night. Right? The gun that Mo supposedly had actually stated that he had two guns. Describe them to me. Jarrell. One was chrome and black, and one was black and along with two clips. Well, one clip and then that had a handle part in the back. Woody. Do you know what the kind of gun that is? What is it what what's it called? Do you know? Jarrell. I ain't never seen that kind before. Brian, what kind, what caliber was it? Do you know? Nine millimeter, 40 caliber, 45 caliber. Do you know what it was? Drill, uh-uh. Woody, what about the handgun, the chrome and black one? Do you know what it was? Drill, it looked like about a nine millimeter, something like that. Brian, did they tell you which gun that when he came back and he said the gun jam, do you know which gun he's talking about? Jarrell, the black one, I think. Brian, the black one? Jarrell, yeah, that's what he said. Brian, all right, let me run this back down. Make sure everything's clear and correct. Correct us if I'm wrong. Jarrell, 
You was at your girlfriend's house in Livingston, and you and Josh rolled out from Livingston, Jarrell and Travis, Brian and Travis. Y'all come to Albany, went down Ed Brown Road, and picked up Cordero, your brother. Jarrell, yeah. Woody, when you went down Ed Brown Road, then did y'all see Chris? Jarrell, no, sir. I said, Woody, or Sean? Brian, y'all didn't see them at that time? About the time time was that? When y'all picked up Cordero? Jarrell, about 11. Brian, about 11. And well, after y'all picked up your brother Cordero, y'all went to Dillon Lane off Old Baton Rouge Highway to Rodney Dillon's house. Who was at Rodney Dillon's house? Jarrell, Mo, Brian, Mo. And Mo's correct name is Majority Chefney, right? Jarrell, yeah, Brian. Is that who he is? All right. And at what point did he show you or y'all the guns? Did he show y'all the guns at the house or where? Jarrell, at the house? Brian, did you see the guns? Say again? Jarrell, at the house. Woody, what did he say about them when he showed them to you? I mean, Jarrell. He didn't say nothing about him. Woody, where'd you see him at? Drell, where I where I see him at? He just pulled him out. And Brian, he had him on him. Drell, yeah, he was right here laying on the sofa with them, playing with them. Brian, okay, so y'all, all then you, at first y'all was in a green car, Josh's green car, right? Josh's mama's car, you told me. What kind of car is that? Jarrell, I don't even know what kind of car. I just know it was green. Brian, okay, and when y'all went to Rodney's and y'all picked up Mo, what'd y'all leave in then? Jarrell, a silver blazer. Brian, silver blazer, and that's Josh? About what year is it? Model is it? Jarrell. About 90-something. Brian, 90-something. Y'all left there and went riding through Ponchatoula, and then y'all came through Ed Brown Road, and then you seen Chris and Sean standing out there, and then at any time, correct me if I'm mistaken, if I say something that's wrong, and Mo stated that he was going to rob them, all right? And then you stated at that time that y'all went and dropped off Travis at the Ed Brown Road Apartments. Dropped Travis off first before Chrissy even said that. I mean, Jarrell, inaudible. Brian, Durban residence. Jarrell. Dropped Travis off first before Chrissy even said that. I mean, Mo even said that. Brian. Oh, Travis wasn't in the? Jarrell. Nuh-uh. He got out. Brian. All right. And then y'all passed down Ed Brown, Ed Brown Road and seen them again? Drill. Uh-uh. We had never seen them. Uh, you know how you go down Durban Road, it run all the way up the back? Illinois Jones run to Ed Brown. Brian. Uh-huh. Drill. It run like that. Brian. Okay, so on the way. 
Drell, inaudible. Brian, back from Ponchatoula, y'all turned down Durban. Drell, yeah, we came down 190. Brian, and then turned on Durban, and y'all dropped off Travis right then? Drell, yeah, right there. Brian, at them apartments. Drell, yeah, at that apartment, yeah. Brian, crossing the big Swagman Super um, deal, and then that's when y'all come down Durban, hit Illinois Jones, come to the four-way at Ed Brown and Drake, and went straight down Ed Brown, and that's when y'all seen Drell. Yeah. Woody, exactly what did he say? You were in the vehicle at the time. Exactly what did he say when he saw them? Drell. He said, I'm going to rob Chris. Woody, is that all he said? Drell, yeah. Brian, can you tell me when y'all passed by, where was Chris and Sean at? Can you describe it to me? Where? Drell was a house by nearby. They got a blue house in Audible. Brian, a blue house on the right that you mentioned to the right? Drell, where Chris was staying. Brian, like if you're standing on the road and Chris and them stand right here in front of you, the blue house would be to your right and they're standing by. What kind of tree? Drell. The brick house be to the left. Brian. Okay, and then you stayed at the point that they dropped you off at your uncle's, your uncle's house, which is right down the road. And then you stated that you don't know what happened. And after that, you weren't in the car. Drell. I wasn't in the car. Woody. But you said that later on you heard gunshots. Drell, yeah. Woody, how many? Drell, I heard two. Brian, you heard them from in the house that you, y'all was all at inside? You heard them? Drell, I was outside. You can ask my uncle, Glenn. Brian, you know, did you basically know what took place then in your mind? Drell, I, I kind of figured... Mo killed some people. Brian. All right. Then at 7.30 that morning, you said your brother, Cordero, and am I saying his name right? Cordero? Jarrell. Cordero. Brian. Cordero. Jarrell. Uh-huh. Brian. And Josh picked you up from your uncle's house about 7.30, and then they asked you if you had heard what happened. And you said no. And you said that they had said to you that Mo shot Sean. Woody, they said that they they went back to see he could rob them and that he parked down the road on the road, you said, and that Mo got out. You're saying that they said he got out by himself. Jarrell, yes, sir. Woody, and then when he went, he got back to the vehicle, he got in and he said what? Jarrell, the gun jam. Woody, he, he said, fuck the gun jam. Jarrell, yep. Woody. And then what else did he say? Jarrell. And he said, if y'all tell, they're going to kill y'all. What, what, what they say he told. Brian. Okay, during the day, did you ever talk to Mo? Jarrell. 
No, that day I ain't talked to him, Mo, no time. Brian, Mo had your cell phone, though, because you left it at when y'all went by Rodney Dillon's the first time and when y'all picked up Mo. You left your cell phone there, all right? And Mo had your cell phone. And do you know if Mo called your brother? Jarrell, yeah, he called my brother. Brian, from your cell phone? Jarrell, yeah. Brian, and did he say anything? What was the conversation that day? This would have been Friday morning. Jarrell, this is Friday morning. Friday morning, by the time they picked me, pick me up and bring me to Springfield. We got out there to Springfield by Josh um, stepdaddy house. Brian, where's Josh live at? Jarrell, Josh live on old Baton Rouge highway at them apartments. I was telling y'all about after you cross the overpass, you go further down those like have all them big old houses, big apartment over there. Brian, if you cross over the overpass on Old Baton Rouge Highway, like you're going in the Hammond on the right, drill. Yeah, yeah. Brian, oh, there, there's a church there too, isn't it? Drill. Uh huh. Church is um, if you come from Livingston, Albany, or Springfield. Brian, yeah. Drill. The church will be behind them then, but if you come from Hammond, the church be in front of them. Brian, okay. Woody, did they um, most say anything to your brother and, and about ratting them out or anything uh, the next day on the phone? Jarrell, um, Mo, uh, they say Mo said uh, they ratted him out. Woody, did Mo say anything else to them? Jarrell, no, uh, they didn't say nothing else to, to them then. Woody, okay, all right. I have a couple questions that I'd like to clarify, okay? When we first spoke to you last night, all right, we showed you a picture of Mo. Is that correct? Jarrell, yes, sir. Woody, and you told me not only had you never seen him, you never heard his name, Mo, period. Is that correct? All right? Then you told us you ain't know nothing about nothing. Is that right? Today, when we talked to you and – Yesterday, you told us you hadn't been on Dylan Lane, okay? Because we have that on in your statement, that you hadn't been on Dylan Lane. Today, when we talked to you, you said, yes, you had been to Rodney's house on Dylan Lane, correct? All right. You also, we asked you, did you have a cell phone? And you said, yeah, but that you had lost it, Correct. Lost it when you were playing basketball, correct? Jarrell, yeah. Woody, is that correct? Jarrell, correct. Woody, all right. Then you changed your story. and You said that Travis had your cell phone, correct? Say it out loud so I can hear you. Jarrell, yeah. Woody, all right. And that you today, you said you changed your story. You said that you had heard of Mo. And he was a murdering motherfucker, but that you had never seen or met him before, correct? Drill, yeah, I said that today. Woody, that's right, because you told us today, you said you still today, you changed your story from not ever having heard of Mo and what you told us on Friday night. 
to that, yeah, you've heard of Mo. You've heard of him from your ones, and he was a murdering dude. But you still had never seen him, never seen him in person before, never talked to him, correct? Say it out loud so I can hear you. Jarrell, correct. Woody, all right? Today, today, tonight, after we come here and we tell you we have Mo under arrest, we just got back from your ones and interviewing, you decided to change your story again, correct? Say it out loud so I can hear you. Jarrell, correct. Woody, you changed your story too. You admit to knowing Mo now, right? Brian, have that picture that we showed you prior. Is that that you said you've never seen him before? Was that Mo? Woody, say it out loud. Jarrell, yes, sir. Brian, it was, and you had told, you said previously that Mo had made the statement that if y'all ratted him out, him out that he was going to kill y'all. Is that right? Jarrell, he said, yeah, if the people that was in the car had ratted him out, he was going to kill them. Brian, okay, did you until you knew Mo was in jail? Was you scared to talk about it because you think he might hurt you? Jarrell, I'll scare them, boys. That was in the car. Brian, you were scared. Jarrell, my family. Brian, you were scared of Cordero and Josh? Woody, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, was it, or if it's true that you were scared of Cordero and Josh, and then why would you lie about ever seeing or knowing Mo? Why did you lie about it? Answer me. Why did you lie about it? Jarrell, because them boys in the car with him, that's my brother, you know. You know what I'm saying? Woody, why did you lie about your cell phone? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Drill, I didn't lie about the cell phone. Woody, yeah, yeah, you did, and you lied at first. You said you lost it playing basketball. Then you said, Brian, there was a lie, correct? Drill, uh, yeah, you used it all. Uh, uh, Woody, 
wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't ask you if you used it. I asked you a question. I asked if you lied, Drill, uh, Woody, about losing the phone while you're playing basketball, right? You lied about it, correct? Say it out loud so I can hear you, Drill. Yeah, Woody, all right? And you lied about ever knowing Mo or seeing Mo and anything else, right? Okay, why did you lie about those things? Jarrell, I didn't want to get my own cousins and brother in no trouble. Woody, so you thought it was more important not to get them in trouble than to give us information about the boy getting murdered. Is that correct? Say it out loud so I can hear you. Jarrell, yeah. Brian, tell me this. Is everything that you gave in this tape statement on now, is that the truth? Drell, that's the truth. That's the truth. Woody, why do you think Chris Belazar, who got shot through the leg, positively picked you out of a lineup, saying that you were there with Mo, and when Mo shot Sean and shot him, why is that? Drell, I don't know. Woody, kind of hard to explain, isn't it? Being that you lied about everything else up to now. Why should we not think that you're lying about being there also, Jarrell? Because you, you're going to hear them, uh, when y'all get them boys, they're going to tell you the truth. Woody, okay. Jarrell, get them boys, they're going to tell you the truth. Brian, all right. Anything you want to add or take away from your tape statement? Nothing you want to add or take away? Jarrell, nothing. Brian. Detective Overton, Woody, no more questions. Brian, all right, um, Detectives Brian Smith and Woody Overton along with Jarrell. The time is now 120 and the date's May the 15th, 2005, still at the LPSO jail. Obviously now Jarrell knows his sugar's turned to shit, but what he didn't know was we already had all the statements from the other people who were in the car and the other people who had seen him that night and – we had him, and his dumb ass. The last thing he's gonna say is, "Oh yeah, you go get them boys. They're gonna tell. They're gonna tell you. You know, I'm telling the truth. Well, fuck you. You weren't telling the truth, and you lied. So, like any great investigation, you got to go back from the beginning. You develop suspects, you develop information, and you work each one of them. Never getting tunnel vision, right? But you, ha if you get on a piece of information, you follow it until you can prove or disprove it. We can never disprove Mo, so we're always on him. You can never disprove Jarrell, so we're always on him. And that starts with what? From the eyewitness testimony or Christopher Belazar being shot and them seeing Shun, and then you get Jarrell who knows he's wanted and you know wants to turn himself in. I think he turned himself in more because um, he, he really did think Mo was going to kill him, but he just absolutely believed his brother and cousins and them wouldn't tell the truth. Well, fuck you. I mean, if you get out of the car and I'm sitting in the car, even if, the guy says, I'm about to go see what they got, which 
street terms, rob them, right? And you go down the street and you hear, I hear all these gunshots and you get back in the car and saying, fuck my gun jam. And the, Jarrell gets back in the car and he's crying, saying he shot Sean. He shot him in the head. I mean, fuck that. I, I tell on you too. Does that make them rats? Fuck no, it doesn't make them rats. They they went down there and they murdered that boy in cold blood. And I have the photographs, the crime scene photographs, and they are offensive. Right? The the bullet holes and the and the the murder scene is as offensive as any you'll ever see. I remember Sean was a new daddy. Right, Sean was the one, pretty much out of all the brothers, who had never been in any trouble. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and then I don't know if it's stupidity or on Jarrell's part or whatever self-preservation, and you know, for him to think that he was going to get over on us by just saying, mm, "Fuck it," I don't know who Mo was. I've never been to Dylan Lane. And I wasn't in a car that night with them. You know, I was asleep at my Uncle Glenn's house. Well, through the investigation, naturally we prove he's full of shit. And everything from him and Mo been running the streets together for four or five months. And these from all different sources, including Mo himself. And uh, they've been running the streets together. They do everything together. Uh, the... Uh, this crew, alleged crew, most trying to throw shade on everybody else, right? Because remember, he goes after he leaves Springfield that morning, where he had the he was sleeping with the pillow gun underneath his pillow. He goes to Dylan Lane. What well, just so happens when he went to Dylan Lane is when Brian Paul and I are there with the, all the other detectives at the house at Rodney Dylan's house. And he's like, "Fuck, I can't go home." Oh, the police are here. Well, guess why the police are here? Because you shot a motherfucker last night, right? So he automatically assumes that he's been ratted out. He doesn't know at the time that we're only working investigation. But then he has Jarrell's cell phone, and he starts to call him and threaten him. And, you know, we'd find this out later. But when I got Jarrell's number, I told Brian, I said, fuck it, I'm going to call it and see if see if he answers. And I answered, and he answered, yes, Mo. And, and I'm like, hey, this detective over to him, Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. Click. <laughs> yeah, just fuck with him. And we didn't have anything. I'm trying to get lucky. But at the end of the day, there is so much evidence from all the statements that I read you to the lies and the inconsistencies and everything else. And now y'all, this is what out before all of the lab work comes back. And I'm going to have to do one more because I'll tell you about the trial. That's a humdinger, but this is for all the evidence, physical evidence comes back. This is all people telling on each other. Right. I don't even, I wouldn't call it telling each other. These are people. These are most of them have been arrested for, for whatever, right? Uh, um, maybe selling a little weed or doing whatever, but they weren't freaking murderers. Not, not like Mo. Mo's a straight up animal gangbanger. You know, been killing his whole life. Basically, good people that looked up the detective's office online on the weekend, and they want to come in and tell the story because and it didn't make. Shit, what kind of criminal you are. It, if you murder an innocent person, most people want to come forward and do the right thing. Now, unfortunately, 
most homicides don't occur amongst choir boys and in Girl Scouts, right? It's just generally some people that live in the high-risk lifestyle, people that aren't strangers to the police or law enforcement. Um, but these guys stepped up. They did the right thing. We took all that evidence in Jarrell now. I dug in his ass a little bit, y'all, in that last interview. I waited. I mean, I, I was tired of fucking with him, to be honest with you. And like I told Mr. Kearney, when Brian and I were in his office, and, and we, now look, I'm paraphrasing these. And when I, I read these little interrogations, we talked to him for a long time before that. And that first night, man, we must have talked to that cat for like eight hours. And he just sat there and cried, and I didn't do it. I wasn't there, da da da. da. And we're talking to Kearney the next day, and he asked Brian what he thought. And Brian said, mm, I don't think he did it. And this is where we had all that other information. And when Kearney asked me, I said, oh, no, he absolutely did it. And you can't get tired of believing someone or um, not believing someone just because you're tired of interrogating them or whatever, right? So, you know, we we developed it, and Brian did did an absolute jam-up job um, in proceeding with the case. And enough to take the court, times a million before physical evidence comes back and I'm going to release everything. But the trial, let me tell you a, a real quick lead up to the trial in the state of Louisiana. I don't know why it is. I guess it's run under the Napoleonic code of law. It takes forever to go to trial. Courtney Coco's trial just got delayed again. Right. Um, the, it takes a long time to go to trial, but our trials aren't like you see on TV everywhere else. And these murder trials, like say Scott Peterson, whatever, these fucking trials take months, weeks and months. The longest murder trial I've ever been a part of was like seven days. Okay. But it's getting to that trial, all the motions to suppress. Okay. All our statements, the from Mo and Jarrell and everything, shit, the first thing they do Haul us in for probable cause hearing on the warrants. Actually, we had to take it to the grand jury because it was a death penalty case. But they haul us in on the motion to suppress. It's a freebie. They, even though we have it on tape that we have advised them of their rights and, and the consent to question in part, and that that's their signature, and the consent to question in part says, I haven't been threatened or promised or anything and no threats or whatever been used against me. I don't want a lawyer at this time. And they sign it. You know why? Because they think they're going to tell the story and they're going to get away with it. But we get hauled into court. Motion to suppress to have it thrown out, right? Free shot for the defense, but it takes months. They always lost. And then they want to suppress evidence and this, and you have to have this hearing and this hearing and this status conference and this and whatever. So by the time we get to the trial. Fuck, I've been at state police for like, I think like three years or something. I mean, they, it was a long time before this case went this case went to trial. And I had been um, a criminal investigator for the state police out of headquarters in Baton Rouge for many years. But when it came time for the trial, uh, Kurt Wall, who is now the lead prosecutor for the 21st Judicial out of Livingston. Um, I think 
he was like a rook then, and he he's a great guy, super intelligent, and he would try this case um, for the prosecution. And Jasper Brock was the defense attorney for Mo, and we'll get into that next week. And Jasper Brock is a, he's a jam up defense attorney. I mean, he's just good, and I did a lot of work for him uh, in the private polygraph business, et cetera, over the years. So, and Jasper was good, but so they fight it out and they draw it out. And I will tell you next week, I mean, I promise next week will be the conclusion of Mo the series. We'll go through the trial and I'll tell you where these guys are today, how they're living, if you will. So that being said, um, love and appreciate each and every one of you. If you get a chance, go like and subscribe to Real Life Real Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you get a chance, leave me a review on iTunes. It's some stupid algorithm that Apple uses that helps other people find the show. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at Real Life Real Crime or at Overton Woody. You know the rest of our social media pages. The We also have the Real Life Real Crime community app. It's uncensored by anybody except for me. So all you lifers out there who keep getting put in Facebook jail, which includes some of our moderators and shit, right? Yeah. Um, go check out the app. It's so much more than just true crime stuff. There's something for everybody, and I think you'll enjoy it. So, and to get a chance, people, please vote for the podcast awards. I'm about to do a recording for that. But the if LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, if you are a lifer from Bangladesh, and you want to sign up to be an organ donor, you don't have to be from Louisiana. Go to lopa.org, click on it, sign up. It takes about two minutes and become an organ donor. And if they ever use your junk, you're going to be dead. You're not going to care anyway. But it saves lives, people. I mean, and one day, we'll sit down and tell all those stories or a lot of the stories I met these people who are still living today because they, somebody else was a hero and signed up to be an organ donor. So Lopa, please go sign up, be a hero, give the gift of life and sight and all that good stuff. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crown, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Peace. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights?
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.